0: Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a Black Christian Collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter at Burns23. Follow at your own risk. And joining me, as always, is the president of The Witness, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself, Jamar Tisby. What's up, prayers? Man. Oh, yeah, by the way, for those of you who are not in the room, we're live in the Big Apple, New York. Make some noise.
1: Bro, this is crazy. Yo, the energy in here is crazy, man. New York is on another level.
0: Y'all on another level. I mean, y'all told us, but you didn't really tell us what to expect. Yeah, they said we knew, but we had no idea. Listen, we just want to give a major shout-out to the folks at Redeemer and the incredible team that has set all of this up. You guys have been rock stars from Ava to Justin to Scott uh, to the pastors here. Can you give them a hand for opening up the space for us? And we're deeply... We're deeply appreciative of you, our listeners. We set up this tour not so that we can be seen. We set up this tour because we wanted to look you in your eyes and say thank you for the ways in which you've encouraged us by just listening. We don't take it lightly that you devote just an hour or sometimes longer if we rambling and preaching. They probably speed it up double time. Yeah, they do yeah, the double know, time yeah. thing, so we <laughs> sounded like Alvin and the Chipmunks, yeah. But... Um, yeah, so we just we don't take it lightly for granted that you just spend some of your time, you incorporate us into your daily routine or your weekly routine. And so we honor you because you've honored us. You've mm-hmm. blessed us. So it's yes. our honor to serve you. And so thank you so much, New York, and all the cities that are listening. Okay, so tonight we're going to be doing a couple of things. The second episode will be a live um, AMA. So if you have any questions for us, anything that you think would be tough questions, it can be anything. It can be on race. It can not be on race. It can be on basketball. It can be on whatever. History. Um, yeah, just really let loose. Put us in an awkward, Or not. Let's not do this. <laughs> <sighs> Jamar, see, I've been saying Jamar has to make everything roots. He has to make everything of, like, deep, significant consequence. But just anything, we're wide open to it. You can hashtag PTMNYC. That's PTMNYC on Twitter and ask us whatever. Okay, so the topic for today is something that you guys have wanted us to talk about for quite some time, and I've been delaying just for timing reasons, and also because I knew that this would all sync up just, yes. just perfectly Enough. to where he would have an album coming out on the exact day that we're recording exactly. in New York, and so we're going to talk about Kanye West, and the question that we're going to put out for you guys is, should we cancel Kanye West? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hang on, I didn't what. Even- <laughs> Gotta okay episode it. <laughs> episode over That's
0: it. That's it. yes <laughs> see you guys don't even know what we're gonna say okay so let me let me this just get, get a deep sense. in here. let me get a sense of the room how many of y'all without some of y'all don't even know what we're talking about so we'll it's get okay. to that it's some okay of y'all like, you're doing important stuff it's okay it's okay we're gonna get to that but just off the top of your head if i ask you the question should we cancel kanye west how many of you by show of hands would say yes Okay, that's about half yeah, to okay. two-thirds. Yeah. How many of y'all would say no? Okay. Ah, they really now, love not know. Now, let me ask you one more question. One more question, and that question is, how many of you would say, I would cancel Kanye West even before the recent Twitter <laughs> outrage? <laughs> I just want to see we some of y'all. Couple. I was like, look, we got he got raised his hand way too. He was like. Yeah. <laughs> elbow straight and everything. Well, hang on yes. now. Okay. okay, so Jamar, you're from Chicago. Area. Chicago area, yes, yes. Talk about the importance of Kanye West, because for those of you who don't know, Kanye West is considered by many people to be one of the greatest musicians of our generation. Um, He is a rapper, a producer, he is a fashion icon, a very talented individual, but also a polarizing individual (laughs) for so many different reasons. He has this long laundry list of awkward, sometimes insane, crazy, what's going on moments, and recently, he came out and did some things. And we'll get to that. But before I do, Jamar, why is Kanye even important? Why is he important to pop culture?
1: I mean, Kanye's like a classic hustle story, right? He's, he's, he started from obscurity and made a name for himself just by working hard and having incredible creative talent, creative genius, really, uh, for what he's done, right? So, so he was actually born in Atlanta, uh, moved to Chicago. And that's where he sort of started his music career. He's always been in music, right? (laughs) Uh, but he started by producing local acts and folks, people have never heard of. But he just steadily produced really, really good stuff and and sort of worked his way and networked his way into a contract with Rockefeller Records. And so, in 2000, he helped produce Jay Z's album The Blueprint, which just blew up. Look and at you, hip
0: hop historian! I just You hip hop too? I just was everything has a history. You was like, everything has a history,
1: baby. <laughs> um, So that really put him on the map, right? And so now all of these other artists are saying, let's get Kanye to produce, Kanye to produce. And that was great because he's getting more exposure. But at the same time, his heart and passion was rapping. He always wanted to be a rapper first and foremost. Yeah, So he uh, actually, yeah,
0: I think Kanye wants to have maximum exposure for himself. He wants the biggest... He part. does, but when he was getting
1: started, he was having trouble getting signed as a rapper because everybody Absolutely. knew him as a producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like, even with reluctance, Rockefeller finally signed him as a rapper. And then, I mean, he made College Dropout, which was like... Sh- Like Nobody was ready for that.
0: And so there was a moment, I think I was in middle school, when I heard the first Kanye West song, solo song, and it was Through the Wire. And he recorded Mm -hmm. it with his mouth wired shut. He had gotten into a near-fatal car accident. And I remember I played that on loop. I wasn't allowed to listen to that music in my house, so I had Mm -hmm. to do it under the covers, but I Mm -hmm. played it on loop. You know, you do that thing where technology was really slow back then, so I record what happened on the radio. I put a recorder up to the radio, and I just play it back. Uh, yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. If you, grew up, if you grew up in a Southern Christian home, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Kanye represented, we were talking about it before with Adam, um, and we love Adam. We love the team. We're going to talk about them a little bit later. But, you know, it was it's crazy to think about him as kind of the first person the first rapper who made it really, really popular, not the first one to do it, but who made it super popular mainstream to not have to be the stereotypical hip-hop image. So people right. would look at hip-hop and they come to conclusions about what artists should be, what, what they should look like, how they should carry themselves, their persona, uh, their swag, and Kanye just made it completely different. He has That's just right. a different vibe. Yeah,
1: Kanye has such an interesting background. Like, So he's not the traditional gangster rapper. Um, his, his dad was a former Black 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 Panther, and a photojournalist. His mom was a college professor. Mm -hmm. He grew up in Chicago suburbs for a lot of his life. So he didn't have this, like, Jay-Z, come from the streets, I used to sell drugs story, you know, or Biggie, or or, or even 50 Cent, who was big, around the same time, right? And so Kanye comes along, and he basically makes it okay to be a normal dude and rap. Right. And just love the art. There was a great quote that I came across and it said, in a scene still dominated by authenticity battles and gangsta posturing, he's a middle class, politically conscious, post-thug bourgeois rapper. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. And so that's sort of how they characterized his impact on hip hop. So you can't really underestimate his his sort of presence, mm-hmm. especially in the 21st century.
0: And what's particularly important in, in understanding Kanye and why we brought him up here in this discussion is he was a conscious rapper in yeah. some ways, in, some in the ways. sense, and, and it, it shifted once he got some money, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but... He was very in tune with what was happening in Chicago, and so he would always try to put his city on. He would always try to infuse, even in his most popular hits, some sort of racial consciousness, understanding that the world was unfair, that the world was unjust. But Kanye took a little bit of a hiatus after his most recent album, and then he came back oh, man. on Twitter. Now, whenever Kanye comes (laughs) back.
1: Who came back? Well, here's the thing.
0: Whenever Kanye comes back on Twitter, you know there's an album coming out, there's something he wants you to buy, there's Yeezys (laughs) being released, there's something going on. And so he has these string of tweets. And it was interesting because as soon as he started tweeting, people were like, wow, he's dropping gems. Oh. And then it quickly devolved. You know how someone's doing really well? Like J.R. Smith, for example, right? So he's. He's doing we well. Sorry, He's hitting his shots. We sorry. And then he takes that one shot that you're like, you shouldn't have taken that one. You know, that one just stepped over the line. And so Kanye, he just stepped way over the line. He went into another field. Yeah. And so Kanye started talking about this thing called free thinking or free thought. Mm. I'm a free thinker. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. He yeah, says, really I'm a free good. thinker. Then he started doing this. And I have to be honest with you, Jamar, if you posted text messages online of our interactions.
1: Not a good look.
0: And responding to me, what I put to you in text, I don't know, we wouldn't still be friends. Nah, but apparently man. Kanye's got some real friends or you know, they just all rich and they're like, we can't get rid of each other. I don't right, know what's right, going right, on. Right, right. Because he posted John Legend, he posted all these people who were doing these text messages and they were talking about deep historical topics, like about the Civil War and about the history of our political parties and about all these things as it relates to the black experience. And then he crossed the line when he says something on TMZ. I want you as a historian to say this, because I think you'll say it <laughs> with an appropriate level of disgust. <laughs> go ahead, Jamar. His slavery comment? Yeah, go ahead, brother. You, you know.
1: All right, so Kanye, popping off at the mouth, said slavery was a choice. And the context of it was, you know, it didn't just last a couple years. He was like, it lasted 400 years to me. That's a, that sounds like a choice. Like, after that long, you didn't do something about it? And of course, on its face, it sounds blatantly wrong and even offensive, right? So it it was just so disgusting because it was so historically uninformed and disrespectful to the people who who lived, struggled, and died under that system of oppression, right? And so we talk about the Civil Rights Movement, but the reality is the Civil Rights Movement wasn't just the 1950s and 60s. The Civil Rights Movement started the moment Africans came to the United States and North America as slaves. There was never a moment, even on the ships, even in Africa, where they weren't struggling against enslavement. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to the, the, the depth and the power of white supremacy that slavery lasted so long. It does not speak ill or negatively of the people who struggled and died within that system of oppression. So, Kanye, come on, miss me with that.
0: Wow, OK, I see, I told you the appropriate <laughs> level of disgust. <laughs> But so, okay, so I don't think he was necessarily trying to be offensive in what he said. I just think it's kind of representative of this season in his life where he's not really fully thinking about what he's saying. Where he's not, he's engaging in free thought or what he thinks is free thought, but he's not considering the other side of his It's really just,
1: I mean, under his definition, free thinking is just contrarian thinking. Hmm. It's not necessarily informed. It's not necessarily coming from a place of deep conviction. It's just disagreeing with, like, the, the popular mentality on whatever topic he's discussing. So, you know, you want to talk about slavery, and people always talk about resisting slavery and, and how long it lasted and the continuing effects. And so he comes and says, well, that was a choice. That's not free thinking. That's contrarian thinking.
0: And, and so before before you just go after Yeah, him, man. No, I just okay. to slow you down just you, a little you bit. You started it. Uh, n- <laughs> no, uh, you finished it for sure. Um, and so... It's interesting because because now after that, after that TMZ interview, people started this movement and said we should cancel Kanye. Mm. Now, as soon as I hear the word cancel, I'm trying to figure out what that means, right? It means different things to different people. And being Christians, being believers, we recognize that everyone is created in the image and likeness of a good, holy, just God. Right. And so we recognize that every person has dignity and worth. So no person should be dehumanized. No person should be berated or belittled. And so the idea of canceling sounds like a dehumanization. Hmm. But I think when we press deeper into what canceling means, I've always taken canceling, especially in this context, not to be a dismissal of someone's dignity or dismissal of someone's humanity. But I think canceling means a refusal to publicly support and financially support the brand of someone who has become become unrepentantly toxic. Mm. So someone has become toxic, they refuse to step back and reconsider. People have approached them publicly, privately, different groups, and they gather around them and they say, you should reconsider your position. And that person publicly and privately says, I'm not going to do that. But then continues to sell products and continues to advance a brand that he needs us to further. And so from that standpoint, when we think about canceling, it takes it out of like, this is a, we're canceling him as a person. But there's a difference between a persona and a person. There's a difference mm. between a soul and a brand. Mm. And so how do we separate those things as it relates to Kanye? Now, so let me ask you this, Jamar. If, if that's true, I know not everyone thinks this way, but this is how I kind of frame it. If that's true, recognizing the image of God in all people but then also recognizing that people with platform have have the ability to be toxic, have the 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 opportunity to be especially toxic in what they promote and push. Would you cancel Kanye?
1: Oh, he's gonna say it. Okay. Uh, yes, I would. Yes, okay. I would. Now, look, there's a lot of nuance here. Okay. Um, Man, we you got some real done. like
0: pro cancel. I mean, like there, we done. got the cancellation committee been over here. Done. <laughs>
1: But tell me why. Well, so, I mean, what does canceling mean, right? Is it, like you were saying, to cut off, you know, to boycott in some sense. But I think what canceling is, is it, it's, it's very specific, right? Like there's, there's, a, there's a particular offense that has been committed that's not only just wrong, but it somehow betrays that person's brand or platform. It's, it's like a bait and switch, right? They, they said they were this or that they stood for this thing, but now, They've done something or said something that completely contradicts sort of their witness or their testimony, right? And so that's why Kanye's offense in terms of his tweets and, you know, the slavery remark and all that stuff is so just like jarring because he built a platform being politically and racially conscious. Hmm. I mean, this is the same person who in 2005, and then raised the race support for Hurricane Katrina victims, he said, George Bush doesn't care about black people, mm-hmm. right? And like, agree or disagree with that statement, but it conveyed a message to his audience that he really cared about the the, the the plight of black people in that situation. And now he comes along with all of these ideas which 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 are very disagreeable to a large majority of his base, right? So because it has that particular connotation of betraying his platform and his really his his audience his followers and he's unrepentant like you said like it's one thing to make a mistake and walk back and try to make repair right but he's not trying to do that so no I'm done with you
0: well, <laughs> you just really—you part of that? You at the head of the the cancellation committee? Is that <laughs> no. you are? But here's here's what I what I ask you is because you know for for people who are listening, it, it sounds like we're just dismissing him because he disagrees with us. Hmm. So so how would you respond to people who say uh, we can't cancel everyone who just disagrees with us? Yeah. What, what would be your response? Are, are you just simply doing it because it rubs you the wrong way and it offends your particular ideology or persuasion? Or is there, some, is there a deeper principle at work here?
1: It's, it, it feels opportunistic.
0: Okay, explain.
1: What Kanye is doing. It feels like it's not coming from a deep place of he's thought about these things and he's been persuaded in a different direction it really feels self-aggrandizing, like more attention. Like you said, whenever he comes back, he's trying to sell something, promote something. So there even has been chatter online that, is, he, is, this even, is this an act? And he's just trying to drum up more publicity. I don't know, but it has that feeling of shallowness, and it also has that feeling of, not only is he betraying this group, he's ingratiating himself to this other group that has had nothing to do with how he got to where he is. Right. So I think that kind of stuff is what it causes the cancellation.
0: Right. And I think also we have to say that probably if he didn't, if social media didn't exist, we probably wouldn't say this, right? But because he's, he has 28 million Twitter followers, because he has millions of people who listen to his music, there's a greater fallout with a greater platform. And so when people of a great platform then turn around and do things that are objectionable and then turn around and betray the confidence of the people who have followed That's them right. by yeah. portraying one image and then switching it around to another for their own personal gain. I mean, that, that raises some questions. Big and time. you know what I also think about is, I think about you, Jamar, you're a, you're a historian. Training, and, you, yes, yes, and training. <laughs> you are, just, just, <laughs> just claim it. You're a historian. And I think about how damaging it is for the people who have scholarly work Oh, over yeah. the past 4, 8, 10, 12 years who have applied themselves, who have given up part of their lives to master a particular area of history and then seeing Kanye get massive right. retweets right. <laughs> and massive attention just for posting text messages. Right. So we have to say, is that, is that just? Is that fair to you and to people who are historians? And that's why
1: I say, like, it's appropriate in this instance to cancel... Kanye, because it's not simply that we disagree, Mm. but if he had done research or if he was like quoting other folks who he agrees with or share, but they're experts and whatnot, Mm. then we can have at least an intelligent dialogue, right? But he's not even portraying that sort Mm. of level
0: of deliberateness in my view. So y'all know this isn't really about Kanye, right? (laughs) It's about Kanye, but it's really not. It's also about the people who we've looked up to who have betrayed us mm. and who have betrayed power. It's also about R. Kelly. It's also about Bill Cosby. It's also about George Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards. Mm. It's also about all these people in the history of the church, and even now, who have done objectionable things, should we cancel them? Because, see, here's... <laughs>
1: This group is taking
0: no prisoners. The the cancellation committee is is on. But the question is, for people who have abused power, for people who we have looked up to, and for some of you, this is not the ideological or the theoretical. This is not the historical. Mm -hmm. This is the personal. Mm -hmm. Because some of you have been betrayed by pastors. Some of you have been betrayed by people who have been above you, who you trusted, who you felt that you could confide in, and they took advantage of that. What's our response to people who betray their position of power yet claim the name of Jesus?
1: Right. I mean, just going back a little bit, what makes canceling someone so hard is because typically some that person has contributed good or positive or valuable things. Mm -hmm. What's hard about canceling Kanye is he makes great music. (laughs) <laughs> and if right, you right. like rap music, to cancel Kanye means you don't listen
0: to his now, music. Now, Hang on. Anymore. Now, Cancellation Committee, are y'all still listening? Are y'all still listening? That's, that's the rub, right? I'm just curious. I do wanna that's know, the executive you know. Just committee wink at me. Right just there. blink twice <laughs> and
1: I know. I know. I'm still listening. That's the hard part, right? When Bill Cosby betrayed us again, he betrayed an image mm-hmm. of a wholesome father, and he's he's an abuser, right? And, and then I mean, the and becomes... public
0: and public activism too, because Bill Cosby was a social activist in many ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then and then so, but do you
0: still watch the Cosby show? I personally don't. I can't. Because that's the hard part, right? Yeah, but I think it's I think it's one of those things where it's up to you. But the question we have to ask ourselves is: do we continue to support the brands, not the people, not the restoration, not the repentance? Sure. But do we continue to support the brands? And the shows and the albums and the Christian conferences that continually prop up people who are seen to be in some way, shape or form unreliable or who have abused their position of power. I
1: mean, I just think if, if if we bring it to like the church and Christians. I think we have a messed up view of reconciliation and repentance.
0: Go ahead, talk about it. Because we... You gotta talk about that, brother.
1: You gotta gotta expand upon that. Because these are Christian words and Christian concepts, right? And we hold them very dear, but I don't think we apply them correctly because what ends up happening in our current understanding is that we remain in toxic situations. God hasn't called us to, to endure that kind of abuse, right? That kind of abuse that's unrepentant, that's, that's, that's just so sinful, that protects and, and, and makes a secret of the harm done. That's happening continually, and Christians are staying in those situations, whether it's verbal abuse, sexual abuse, uh, racial injustice, because they think that to withdraw from that situation or that ideology or that person is to dehumanize or somehow um, divide. And that's, it's, that, I don't think that's always the case. I think there are absolutely cases when for even the health of the body, not just your own health, for the health of the body, you withdraw from those situations.
0: You know, I think it's important for us also to understand this concept that, you know, when you talk about reputation, you talk about the good that someone has done. Yeah, I think sometimes we idolize people's contributions to the church and we don't trust that God always has a remnant of people who are faithfully mm-hmm. following him. Mm-hmm. And we think that our faith hinges on their contribution to our lives and our spiritual growth God never needed any of us and so him using us is just grace to yeah. us and so the idea that he's looking at a pastor or he's looking at a famous figure or he's looking at a celebrity and saying oh no <laughs> how do you figure he's the god of the universe. So if you think he's hinging on one person or hinging on one movement, what will happen if this movement fades? The church will still exist. Yes. His name will still be glorified. Gates of hell. And when we recognize the inevitability that his kingdom reigns forever, then we won't be caught up in preserving earthly, man-made, idolatrous kingdoms that are cheap counterfeits of his true kingdom. We have to be honest with ourselves here. Are we idolizing the contributions of a man or a woman or someone in a position of power above the king himself? That's right, that's right.
1: And we also have to not be afraid to dust off our sandals and move on to the next town. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, nah, I don't know what you're saying. Tell me. Okay, I'm gonna unpack it then. <laughs> There's this sense that if, if, if we move on from a situation, we're quote unquote giving up on that situation or on that person. I don't think that's always the case. Sometimes it might be, but not always. And I just think, because I especially think of racial situations, right? And I think of people of color and black folks in particular who feel a sort of sense of guilt uh, to stay in a predominantly white context that is racially toxic. Like they, they, they aren't changing and they aren't getting it and they aren't moving. And And these black individuals think that their presence is the only thing sort of holding back this stem of, of even more evil, and therefore they stay in it, but as they do it, they're literally killing themselves. That stress hmm. is killing them. That, that emotional draining is, is harming them. And what I keep telling people is we, we need you for the marathon, not just the sprint, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, they're, and, and even if you don't withdraw permanently, there are absolutely seasons where you need to withdraw to a place that will energize you and rejuvenate you. And that place is typically a people, hmm. a people who understand where you're coming from, your color, your culture, what you're, what you're moving towards. And that's totally okay. And I feel like people need to hear it's okay to withdraw, even just for a season, so that you might find the strength to go back and engage in the battles that need to be fought. So are you canceling all those people? Which people? The cancel, I mean, other people I named. You cancel them? They're canceled. They've been canceled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Chairman of the cancelation committee. But the, other thing is is,
1: the other thing is history shows that compromise typically leads to a support of the status quo. Neutrality leads to the support of the status quo. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I mean, <laughs> 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 look, so there's a great book by, by one of my professors, April Holm, H O L M. Uh, where she's talking about border states. So these weren't the states in the deep south. They were, weren't northern. They were right on the border, like Kentucky, Missouri. And typically Christian pastors on the issue of slavery while, uh, leading up to the Civil War took a neutral stance. They were like, we don't want to take sides on this. You know, we don't want to be caught up in this. What ended up happening was when the war broke out, they fought for the Confederacy by and large. They supported the status quo. And so w- when it comes to canceling, Christians really think it's really holy and pious to say, I'm, I wipe my hands of this. I'm not getting involved in this controversy. Well, what typically that means is that you throw your weight behind the status quo of injustice. <laughs> it's, it's, when you choose Jesus, you've already chosen a side. You've chosen the side True. of justice. And that's going to be that for any <laughs> issue. So
0: we got to cancel compromise. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Man, well, I hope that, you know, the people in here who are listening to this and the people who are going to listen to this later recognize and understand, you know, whenever we talk about leaders failing or leaders letting us down, we recognize that there's a fallout from that. Yeah. And there are many people even who may be in here who have been hurt, who have been damaged, who have been abused. And we just want to remind you that God sees you. God does not look past your pain, even if people have. Mm. But God sees every tear. He bottles those tears that you cry. That God is a very present help in the time of suffering. That he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And we pray that there's healing. We pray that beyond healing, there's also repentance. Yeah. There's also justice. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the, the restoring of that which was wronged. And so we think of you in this in this topic because these aren't just ideas. These, this isn't just a podcast to us, but this is a representation of what real people are going through. Mm-hmm. So let's cancel compromise.